0: First and foremost, Ramadan Mubarak, the Blessed Month is upon us, and tonight is the first night of Shaykh Ramadan. The Holy Prophet, wa ali Muhammad, in his sermon, welcoming the Blessed Month, said, O people, indeed, the month of Allah has approached you with its blessings mercy and forgiveness in the eyes of Allah it is the best of all months its days are the best of all days its nights are the best of all nights and its hours are the best of all hours it is a month in which you have been invited to be guests of Allah and you have been made in it the people who have honor of Allah your breathing in it is tasbih your sleep in it is an act of ibadah. Your deeds are accepted and your prayers are answered to. Therefore, ask your Lord with sincere intentions and pure hearts to help you in fasting during this month and in reciting his book. For the most unfortunate is one who is deprived of Allah's forgiveness in this great month. We continue to go through extraordinary times And this Ramadan will be like no other that we have experienced. Ramadan is perhaps one of the busiest times of the year for us. The community comes together for 30 consecutive days and the center is bustling with activity. This year however the centers will be quiet but we're hoping to bring some of that spirit of Ramadan into your homes. To that end we're honored and blessed this evening to bring our first interactive program for this blessed month we have with us this evening our uh, resident alim sayyid muhammad rizwi i will now invite him to say a few words and then inshallah we will open up the lines for questions you should have a mentee code at the bottom of your screens please submit your questions online and we will try to get to as many of them as as possible uh, please do try to restrict your questions to the subject at hand which is ramadan uh, and any questions related to shahr ramadan and if we do have time at the end then inshallah we will try to address any other questions that you may have from molana side with that introduction i'll
1: now pass it on to molana rabbil ala <laughs> ila Dear sisters and brothers in Iman, Salaamu alaikum wa wa barakatuh Indeed, this is a very uh, unprecedented way of, you know, starting the month of Ramadan. I think all of us, in our lifetime, um, we could not imagine doing Ramadan without going to the masjid or the center or be part of the community during these uh, holy nights. Um so, for for tonight, this uh, question and answer session that we have, I would like to focus on the very first ayat in the passage uh, of the ayat of Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the purpose of fasting. In Surah Baqarah, ayat number 183, where he says, mm-hmm. Where it says that all oh, you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you, and this is not something new. Even the nations who came before, they had kind of a fasting according to their own uh, religious laws at the time. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends by two words, means, you know, hopefully you will maintain. Or require righteousness and taqwa and that is that is where we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes on this point of taqwa let us not make our fasting just an exercise of a physical dimension where we refrain from food and drink and said certain activities you know let us always keep this purpose of fasting the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described which is to attain uh, to. Uh, taqwa and higher levels of taqwa and essentially what it means is basically we have to inculcate that sense in our heart and our mind that we do not do anything which is going to displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is not a matter of fearing Allah as the uh, the essence no it is the issue of you know you're fearing the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a very important element of taqwa is basically this awareness of his uh, presence in our life. In the words of Amir al-Mu'minin Ali, Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi he in Balagha in many places he says, he says you need to protect the taqwa in order for the taqwa to protect you. And so we had to realize that this, this, this element which is known as taqwa in our life, righteousness, awareness of Allah's presence in our life, you know, this has the ability to grow or also the ability of decreasing. And we have to constantly work on it. Month of Ramadan is an opportunity where by fasting we are able to, you know, basically go deep into our spiritual uh, dimension and look at this element of taqwa. So, inshallah, when we go through this exercise of fasting in the month of Ramadan, let us always keep this uh, purpose of uh, fasting in our minds, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Baqarah, ayat number 183. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to understand the wisdom of fasting and fulfill it in the best manner.
0: Uh, shukran, Saidna, Thank you so much for that uh, introduction. Um, since we had the Menti code up there uh, immediately after our main program, we already have a number of questions that have uh, started coming in. Uh, and like I said earlier, we're going to try to focus on um, the month of Ramadan and the uh, uh, act of fasting and perhaps some of the rituals that we complete in the month of Ramadan. Uh, and uh, we'll try to restrict those questions uh, for... Uh, To to that topic so that we can uh, try to get as much uh, out of the the session as possible So Sayyidina, now the first question I have uh, is that I don't understand the Quran in Arabic Uh, Why is there so much emphasis on? uh, Finishing the Quran if we don't understand its verses It is a
1: it is a good question and let me um, start by emphasizing on the point that uh, besides reciting the Quran in Arabic, it is also important to understand the Quran. Uh, but I would not say, at least in the month of Ramadan, to replace the Arabic recitation with the translation. <clears throat> you can keep you know, both together. Um, dedicate maybe some time to look at the translation, uh, but also you know, go through the tradition of reciting the uh, Arabic version the reason why we talk about it is because remember Quran is the word of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. it has its own significance when we look at the books for example Torah and Injil which were revealed before one of the um, distinctions of the Quran compared to other revelations is that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a way guaranteed that he is going to preserve this book and the the beauty of, of Qur'an is that, you know, in spite of all the differences you see among the Muslims, so many different mawahib, so many schools uh, of thought, you know, different traditions, spiritual, non-spiritual, and others, all Muslims are unanimous on the issue of the text of the Qur'an. They would disagree on interpretation of some of the verses, but the text of the Qur'an is believed to be same by all Muslims. And the one way by how it has been preserved is actually this issue of reciting the Quran in Arabic language. Even if you look at the um, New Testament, for example, the original Ar- Aramaic you know, language, which was used by East of maryam there is no uh, you know existence of their the, their holy book in that language. These are all translations of translations which came later on. And so we have this very unique situation where we have the Quran maintained through the centuries and we have Alhamdulillah in every generation of the Muslim world that they are people who have committed the entire Quran to their memory. And so it has its own importance and its own blessing. However, that doesn't mean you only read the Arabic Quran you know, if you are going to read, let's say, 10 pages or five pages of the Arabic, make a point of at least read and reflect on one page of the translation. Of course, other than Ramadan or even during uh, other times, you know, if you just look at the translation and study it, um, there is no problem in that. But the, the importance of maintaining the, the original language of the book is it has its own you know, importance in our faith.
0: Thank you, Sayyidna. Um, I have uh, two questions that are somewhat related, and I'll ask them both together. Um, why is there always a discrepancy in the start of the month of Ramadan, uh, sometimes even amongst us as Shias, uh, and then also um, the difference between us and some of the other uh, sects in Islam? Um, whereas for the rest of the year, we're always aligned together. How does this reflect on our unity in the West? And the second question sort of related to that is that uh, why is it so special to look at the moon? Uh, and this is from a young nine-year-old saying, why is it so special to look at the moon uh, to identify the start of a new month?
1: Okay, let me let me start with the, the second one um, because that's more similar. Uh, when we talk about the Islamic calendar, the, the calendar which is our religious calendar means there is no problem for us in having a uh, you know um, the common calendar or some other calendars for for our business and other activities but when it comes to our religious rituals and activities we basically use the hijrah calendar and in in quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically talks about the moon as the as the basis of uh, you know the calendar and so for us the uh, sighting of the cres- crescent is the beginning of the lunar month. And that's why it becomes very crucial for us, especially during the month of Ramadan and uh, Shawwal, because we are looking at the obligation of fasting and the obligation of not fasting on the first of Shawwal. So that, there it becomes very crucial for us. Now, when it comes to the, the, the first question about uh, unity, well you know i would uh, refer uh, those who are interested to look more into it i had a a detailed seminar uh where i talked about this issue from the scientific a- as well as uh jurisprudential uh, from the fiqhi point of view from the religious point of view and uh, this was in august of 2013 um and so it is available on the Uh, Islamic Center website, if you go, you will be able to watch that. It is a detailed description of you know, what is the criteria used uh, by Muslims and even some of the uh, differences which are there, let's say in the opinion of the late Ayatollah Khoui, as opposed to the opinion of uh, uh, our our present Marja, uh, Grand Ayatollah Sistani. Uh, The difference actually and then we talk about the difference between Shia and Sunni. Well, you know, there are two different Mabai. And even among Sunnis, there are also different schools among them. as uh, Groups like ISNA would go with the declaration uh, based on their theory regarding the um, birth of the moon before the sunset in Mecca. But there are many other, including in Toronto area, a major group of the Sunni uh, Muslims actually look at the original North American or South American site. They don't go with the Middle Eastern site. And so, you know, they are different schools. They have their own perspective about, you know, how you determine the beginning of the lunar month. Among the Shias, in the last few years, we have been uh, mostly okay. There have been a sense of unity. Um, because the opinions of Ayatollah Sistani and Ayatollah Khamenei now has become very close as far as the scientific data about the uh, possibility of citing the crescent is concerned. That has made things much easier for us even to predict. Uh, if you see in the last uh, few years, our calendar has mostly, I wouldn't say every month, but mostly we have been uh, on the point as far as the prediction of the sighting of the moon is concerned uh, and so if you if you look at this ramadan uh, you look at the shia community in north america um in canada and u.s uh, there is u- unity and uh, the vast majority as far as i know have uh, started with the um uh, ramadan uh, saturday to be the first day of uh, of Ramadan. Of course, there is a a sighting reports about uh, sighting by uh, optical aid, binoculars in California area. Um, For those uh, who follow a merger who believes in that, like Ayatollah Khamenei, for them, that, that was the day before, but the vast majority are still on the same page as far as the beginning of the month of Ramadan.
0: Thank you, uh, uh, Mulan. Uh, I have a question from a seven-year-old uh, saying, Mulan we I'm seven years old. Uh, what can we do for our elderly uh, who are breaking their fasts by themselves uh, in, in these days? Well, um,
1: it's a very good question and may Allah bless you and bless your parents to be concerned for your you know, uh, elderly members of the family or relatives. Uh, We are going through very difficult times, and uh, although we cannot do the iftar together, whether it's at home or with relatives and friends, or at the masjid, um, you can still use the modern technology and maybe at least do uh, iftar uh, where you can see one another visually. So you are not there, but at least you are able to uh, give them company uh, through the uh, new technology that we have. And we should be thankful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has given us this challenge of coronavirus, but we also have this uh, blessing of how to connect to one another. Uh, And so that's a very important point. I think uh, um, even the adult children who live separate from their elderly parents uh, should think about it, and at least make a point of doing the iftar at the same time, um, so visually they can at least uh, talk to one another and see one another,
0: inshallah. Thank you, uh, Mara. Um, Can you uh, elaborate a little bit about the rules uh, of regarding fasting for a nursing mother?
1: As far as the uh, nursing mother is concerned, um, Islam, you know, although in, in general we say that fasting is obligatory for any person who is Bali and uh, physically capable of fasting, but there are certain, you know, exemptions to the rule. Uh, when it comes to the uh, nursing um, mother, uh where they realize by fasting it will have an impact on their own health or the health of the child then they are exempted from fasting uh in ramadan at that time um and of course they will have to do qada once the uh, feeding uh time is over uh or, or the you know year or two years and uh, so besides qadha, they also have to pay fidyah fidyah is you know, 750 grams of rice or flour uh, to be given to the poor and needy. So for the whole month, Fidia would be about 22 and a half uh, kilo of rice or flour. And this has to be given at the end to the needy and the poor in kind. So remember, it's and then there's also Fidia.
0: Uh, thank you, well, uh, This was a, um, A question that I I think came up uh, a few uh, days ago, and you even addressed it in one of your, uh, I think, Tuesday or Friday sessions. Uh, But the the question is asking, uh, can you advise on Ayatollah Sistani's ruling on chewing sugar-free gum while fasting?
1: Well, yes, that issue came up. Based on this hypothetical, you know, case that people had made, which really has no basis, that if you keep your throat and mouth dry, you know, the risk of uh, getting this uh, virus increases. So, but that's beside the point. Uh, when it comes to the chewing of gum by itself is concerned, if it is sugarless and doesn't have a, fl- a flavor. Um, According to uh, Ayatollah Sistani, just chewing the gum uh, in fasting does not invalidate the fasting, provided no crumbs of the gum goes under the throat. Having said that, I would say, you know, uh, we have to be careful about it. Don't take this issue lightly. It goes, if I may use, against the akhlaqi or the spiritual dimension of fasting. And there is a risk that you might end up um, swallowing bits and pieces of the gum. And since you are doing this, something which you are doing intentionally in a way, because you are actively doing it, um, it could even, you know, not only make your fast battle, but there might even be a kafara with you. And so I would um, strongly uh, urge you not to uh, look at this as an easy way of starting to chew gum during the month of Ramadan. Sometimes people say, well, you know, um, we go to offices, we meet the people, and uh, there might be, um, you know, foul smell from the mouth. Well, you can brush. Brushing is not forbidden <coughs> in the state of fasting. You can even use the toothpaste provided the same thing. It doesn't go uh, under the throat. You just fill it out. Uh, So so I I would say that although the masala is there, but be careful on this method.
0: Thank you. Uh, Moana, what daily fixed routine would you recommend in this blessed month to take uh, maximum advantage of the uh, the spiritual month that we're in right now
1: <coughs> well i, I think um, a daily routine would have been different in normal times but we are going through this lockdown situation uh where majority of the people would be at home so i would uh, emphasize on number one to do the prayers at the prime time not to delay we don't have an excuse anymore, especially during this time. And um, if you look at the um, video message uh, relate today, I had talked about uh, segments from the Sermon of the Prophet welcoming the month of Ramadan. It says something that, you know, um, raise your hand at the time of the prayers. He's referring to the time of prime time of the, of the prayers. That is the time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you, uh, would be listening to the du'as. And so it's, it's very important for us, number one, uh, to do the daily prayers uh, on prime time. Um, besides that, I would also emphasize that the point of uh, trying to try, uh, doing the nafila prayers as much as we can. The recitation of Quran is an essential part. so also schedule something. maybe you just follow the routine that we have of online programming that the issue of uh, you know Quran, Quran Khani should be there or if you cannot follow that routine, uh, have a uh, you know dedicated time in your uh, daily schedule uh, to recite the Quran in Arabic was also focused on maybe half a page on the Arabic uh, English translation or the Urdu translation or is translation. Um, besides that, one more point I would like to emphasize, which is in a way not um, discussed or even practiced by the Shias that much. Um, you know, there's so many the Muslims, have something known as Talawi. Now, we don't believe in that Jamaat format of doing Sunday some, some prayers. But remember that we have a recommendation during the month of Ramadan to recite uh, 20 rakat every night from the beginning to the end of the month uh, during the night time. So 20 rakat, 2 to rakat 10 times. And from eve of 21st uh, to the end of the month, you would add uh 10 more rakat to that uh and so you will be reciting 15 tuta, uh, two rakat namaz sunnah of course you can uh utilize that time to do your own qaza prayers uh and so th- these are the uh, spiritual elements i think which which should be uh an integral part of the uh, daily routine um Then, of course, you know, the issues of du'as, you do not necessarily, uh, when it comes to du'as, I I would like to emphasize course, Sometimes we really um, emphasize that, okay, there are five du'as, we must recite all five tonight. No, just pick one du'a, you know, and look at the translation of it, and then sit down and recite. Focusing on the translation of du'as is very, very important when we talk about recitation of the du'a. Uh, and, and so you know this this these would be the I think the um, main essential parts of the routine as far as uh, spiritual program of the month of Ramadan.
0: Thank you. When is it most preferable to break your fast? Should one break your fast after having prayed after Salah? Or should one break uh, his or her fast
1: as soon as the time for breaking one's fast sets in? The, the uh, recommendation would be to break the fast after the Maghrib namaz, although you can do it immediately after, uh, you know, as, as the Maghrib time sets in. The recommend recommendation would be to to do uh, after the Maghrib prayer. So at least, uh, you know, breaking the fast simply by uh, eating khurma, you know, dead or uh, something more light and then you get up and do your isha, and then have the meal later on uh, would be the uh, better way to go.
0: Thank you. Um, Is it okay to watch videos of people uh, eating? while you yourself
1: are fasting? If it's not going to make you hungry, yes, it's okay. <laughs> no, there's nothing, no prohibition uh, on you looking at people, whether in video or in real form, when uh, in the state of fasting, uh, when others are eating. No, that's it. There's no problem. there.
0: Okay. Um, Malana, if a, if a lady has a, her discharge uh, while she's fasting, uh, is her fast broken?
1: One of the conditions for validity of fast is the issue of taharat as far as ladies are concerned. So if the cycle starts at any point between Fajr and Maghrib, even if it is just five minutes before Maghrib, the fast becomes uh, null and void. Uh, of course, there is no issue of you know kafara or sin. no, this is just one of the uh, require, one of the requirements for validity of fasting would be missing then, and so uh, she will not be in the state of fasting. even if it happens after Zohar time. sometimes I get these questions. They think if it happens after Zohar then the fasting is okay, no. Even if it happens few minutes before Maghrib, that day's fast is gone.
0: Uh, Thank you, Sayyidina. One question that's come in is with regards to the difference between the time of Imsaq and the time of Fajr. And then also related to that same question, uh, why is there a difference in the times of Maghrib uh, amongst the different sects?
1: Um, As far as the Imsaq and the Fajr is, the actual beginning of the fast is from... What we call dawn or from Fajr uh, or Subh, the time. Imsak just means to withhold your hand from eating, or withhold yourself from eating and drinking. Now, that is not really a time. It's not that, you know, the sun has reached so many degrees below the horizon and that's the Imsak, no. And so uh, people basically use arbitrarily five minutes before or 10 minutes before. So it depends on who has met the, uh, the timetable. Uh, we just keep about five minutes just to accommodate, maybe you know, our clocks might not be accurate. Even if you look at the timings, uh, they are not you know, the, the watches or the clocks at home, for example, will not always be exactly the same. And so it's better to stop eating and drinking before the actual time, which is the Fajr or Subuh Namaz time. Uh, so that that's where you have imsak, uh, which is different from uh, Fajr. And as I said, you know, uh, those who make the timetable, it's an arbitrary, you know, decision whether you do it five minutes before Fajr or ten minutes before. Fajr. Sometimes some centers have the issues of. They are not sure about the f- timing of uh, Fajr. Therefore, they want to be more precautionary, and they actually pull the MSAG time further back. Maybe they will say 15 minutes uh, before Fajr. <clears throat> as, as far as the Maghrib timing is concerned, there is a difference between the Shia and the Sunni Fiqh on this issue. Uh, according to the Sunni madhhab once the sunset takes place, that is the time of Maghrib. In the Shi'i fiqh, um, Maghrib is not actually the sunset, rather when the um, twilight, you know, is on the, um, from the horizon actually reaches to the top. Uh, That's when the Maghrib starts. And for that to happen, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. So that's why you will see you have sunset time, and then you have Maghrib time. So there is a kind of a gap between the two. And and this is where, uh, you know, the the time of Maghrib is determined according to the uh, Shia fiqh. Uh,
0: thank you, Saidna. Um There are two questions that have come in somewhat related about the nights of Qadr. Uh, the Knights of Qadr are known to be the odd nights in the uh, latter part of the month of Ramadan. Uh, But we only perform the A'mal uh, of uh, the Knights of Qadr on the 19th, 21st and 23rd nights. Um, And we don't perform them on some of the other nights. Can you speak a little bit about the uh, importance of the Knights of Qadr and why those three nights and not some of the other odd nights? Uh,
1: The importance of uh, Laylat for Qadr is uh, obvious by the words in Surah Al-Qadr, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Laylat Al-Qadr khayru min arfi shahr," that one night of Qadr is better than, uh, you know, one thousand months. And so the the importance that is there in the Quran. This is where, um, as we talk about it during those nights, that this is the time where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, in a way, gives the one year plan to the Malaika who control the affairs of the. Uh, human life as well as uh, the world and that is where we need to seek, uh, you know uh, The blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whatever is being decreed for us is going to be the best for us um, and And that is uh, Now the the mystery part of it is that the Prophet and the Imams uh, in the Shia and the Sunni tradition both have not really fixed which night it is The famous statement is that it's one of the odd nights in the last ten days Uh, But then we see some other ahadiths for example in our tradition Shia, ahl Bayt, the statements where the eve of uh, 19th, the eve of 21st and the eve of 23rd so 21st and 23rd eves would be uh, fitting in the last ten days Uh, of Ramadan, Uh, but looking at the emphasis, this is where um, the overall understanding of the Shia ulama based on the ahadith of the Imams of Ahlul Bayt is that the the Laylatul Khadr is most probably one of these three nights. And so uh, in order not to miss out from the blessing and the special dimension of this uh, night, we do the Amal on all three nights. Other nights is that is not that much emphasized in the Ahlul Bayt uh, hadith of the Ahlul Bayt <clears throat> And so we normally, you know, do only on the eve of nineteenth, twenty-first, uh, and 23rd.
0: Uh, thank you, Malana. Um, someone sent a question that says, if someone sent you a hadith. Uh, on WhatsApp, for example, uh, with regards to fasting or, you know, any hadith from the Prophet or the uh, salam and it was an incorrect hadith, and you forward this hadith to others, does that invalidate your fast?
1: I would say this is one of the new mas'ala. <laughs> um, <coughs> well, what Invalidates fast is attributing a statement to Allah Rasul and the Imam fal- falsely and wrongfully knowing that is not Allah's statement or it's not from Rasul, it's not from the Imam. And yet a person says "Qala Allah" or or Sadiq, then that person's uh, you know uh, fast would be invalid. Similarly, if he writes that and circulates that. Uh, then knowingly that this is wrong, then it would be the same thing. Now forwarding the hadith is probably not the same thing, I would say. Forwarding is something else rather than initiating it. So probably the person who initiated, knowing that this is not a right hadith and attributes it to the Masum or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that person's you know fasting could be uh, in, in, in jeopardy. Uh, but not the issue of uh, forwarding. But I think we should learn this lesson of not just forwarding whatever comes to you. If you know this is wrong, hadis, then you should not be forwarding because you are then promoting and propagating something which is munkar and wrong. And so we have to really be very selective and careful. Uh, sometimes we just think, you know, oh, this is nothing to do with haram, haram, haram or halal, this is a new technology. No, we are responsible for everything that, that we do. Uh,
0: thank you, Mara. Um If one breaks uh, his or her fast due to medical reasons and then cannot make it up for uh, a long period of time, two years, for example, uh, what is the fidya and is there also kafara?
1: for this individual? If the fast was broken because of medical reason, then that is a justified reason and there would be no kafara there. Kafara is only when somebody breaks the fast without any, you know, um, justified reason. So illness or medical condition is would be a genuine reason to not fast or break the fast. And then a person has to do the, um, qaza for sure Um, and if the qaza is done within the uh, within the year before next Ramadan then there is only qaza but if this qaza was not done till next Ramadan comes so he is doing the qaza two years after that then that person also has to pay fidya not kafar, fidya which is, as I said earlier, 750 grams of rice or flour, any staple food, uh, per day.
0: Thank you, Saina. Um, Mulana Sahib, I have uh, an illness as a result of which I have to take medication. This medication uh, causes me to get extremely hungry. And the doctors are saying that I have to have the medication uh, and I can't fast for longer than uh, eight hours, otherwise it creates an imbalance in my body. Um, how should I, uh, I'd like to fast, but how should I proceed?
1: Looking at the season that in which Ramadan is coming, the, the fasts are quite long, I would say, uh, relatively speaking. So um, maybe this person who cannot, you know, stay away from food for more than eight hours because of this medical situation um, would be exempted from fasting Um, however if you are able to make it up in winter time for example uh, do the qadha when the days are shorter then that is what you should do there will be no kafara
0: there you just have to do qadha later on thank you in this instance, for the same individual, Milano, would they have to try to fast for the first six to eight hours of the day uh, to see if they could uh, fast until that point in time where they feel that they have to break their fast?
1: If it is a situation where they might be able to continue, uh, but if, if they know for sure that this is the you know medical condition that a person has, and he will not be able to continue, um, then um, according to my assessment of the situation, no, they don't have to try. That would only apply for cases like, uh, for example, let's take the um, <clears throat> the frontline uh, fighters of uh, coronavirus, the doctors and the nurse, for example, <clears throat> and um, if, if so they, they will have to, for example, fast every day, start with their normal fasting. But in the middle of the day or even in the afternoon, late afternoon, they realize that because of fasting, their ability to take care of their patients uh, is, is, is really uh, diminishing and they are not able to fulfill their duty, then they will be able to break the fast at that time. And there's no kafara for them. They just do the qavah. But it is not a blanket, you know, uh, permission not to fast. They will have to fast every day and evaluate that situation on a daily basis. Whether they are able to continue on that one day
0: or, you know, they are not able to do so. Thank you, Seidma. Is one allowed to use a puffer while fasting?
1: Uh, puffer will not harm the uh, fast. It is okay because It's basically inhaled and goes into the uh, air passage and not to the food passage So there's no problem in that.
0: Thank you um, Mauna when we're fasting in uh, months other than the blessed month of Ramadan So we're talking about uh, for the balance of the year. Can we fast? Uh, on behalf of uh, one of our marhumin or multiple marhumins with one with one niya, so you are fasting on a given day, but with the niya that does allowed for this uh, is for multiple individuals or does it have to be only for a single individual?
1: As, as far as fasting is concerned, it has to be for um, one individual. Means, of course, the person who is fasting will. will uh, so we are talking about a case of, let's say, somebody does a niyat of uh, sunnat fast. Uh, then, and wants to dedicate the sabab to somebody from the marhumin, he gets the sabab and also the other marhum gets the sabab. Um, but if they are doing the qaba for somebody else, that also has to be for one individual.
0: Thank you. If shaitan is chained in this month, then how can his influence still allow us uh, to commit sins in this blessed month? Is it uh, shaitan or iblis still influencing us or is it our own nafs?
1: Remember, there's a concept in Islam, janud uh, al-shayateen. Shaitan is not alone, he has an army. It is a shaitan who is chained. But his agents and his army is still there, including our own nafs, which is there. And so that's why we see that, you know, automatically um, there is no situation where, you know, uh, Muslims, those who are fasting, become automatically infallible people in the month of Ramadan. No, Uh, because those agents of shaitan are still there. Uh, And so we have to be vigilant even in in the state of fasting.
0: Uh, thank you, Mulana. Um, a question that's coming, that's a personal question for you, Sidna. Um Mulana, can you let us know when your Quran, the Quran translation that you're working on, uh, will be released? And I can assure you, Mulana Saib, that that was not me asking the question. There actually is a question and was asked that question.
1: This is actually just sitting on my table here. <laughs> I've been... Uh maximizing this time of lockdown, you know, as much as although I didn't realize that I'll, in a way, become more busy with all these video messages, emails, you know, different programs, with different organizations around the world now. Um, So, alhamdulillah, yes, the work is going on. Uh, This is, in a way, um, this is basically five Jews of the uh, setup uh, already, which has been done, uh, we even have already covered uh, around uh, 12 uh, Jews of the Quran, as far as the uh, setup uh, typesetting is concerned, of Arabic with uh, English. That was the challenge, actually, from the technical point of view. And so, we hope to finish this work, inshallah, by the end of Ramadan. Uh,
0: thank you, uh, Mona. Uh, there have been two questions that have been asked with regards to sleeping in the month of Ramadan. We know that the, uh, uh, there are traditions from the Holy Prophet, for example, that says that sleeping in this month is ibadah. Um, how important is sleep or should, is there such a thing as sleeping too much in the month of Ramadan?
1: Well, it's, it's not that Islam, you know, that there's any recommendation that during the state of fasting you should sleep. No, uh, that statement, um, عبادة, what it means is that um, even if you sleep during the state of fasting, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will consider that act also as an ibadat, an act of worship, and you will be rewarded for it. Uh, you know, as we say in Urdu, you know, Khuda is looking for an excuse to reward you. And in the state of fasting, this will be one more excuse that Allah says, okay, you are sleeping in the state of fasting, your sleep is also ibadah." But there is nothing recommendation like, you know, in the state of fasting, you should take a nap or uh, go to sleep. (coughs) Of course, if it's going to make it difficult for uh, some individuals, especially towards the end of the day, then it will be better for them just to be over... uh, just to maintain this spirit of fasting is to go to sleep.
0: Uh, thank you, uh, Molana. Uh, what is the impact of uh, throwing up uh, during your fast? Uh, and does it matter if it happens early on in the day or, or late uh, in the fast? And and uh, also, is there a kafara for this?
1: Uh, vomiting or throwing up, if it is uh, involuntarily, not done intentionally uh whether it happens during the early part of the day or later on it has no impact on the fasting your fast is still valid however if somebody uh, intentionally does you know throwing up uh induces that uh, then it becomes bottle and if it was not done for a medical reason then they will be uh, with Qaza, also Kafara will be applied. But if it is done involuntarily, then the fast is still valid, there's no problem. Uh,
0: thank you, Mbara. Um, e-
1: everything in the list of things which uh, invalid get the fast, the general ruling is that if any of these things are done uh, intentionally, then they will uh, break the fast.
0: Thank you, Saidna. um When I pay my fidya or kafara uh, funds for missed fasts through uh, the Jama'at, the ISIG of Toronto, uh, can you tell us where it's used? And also, uh, should fidya and kafara be used as a rule to feed Masaqeen?
1: When it comes to fidya and uh, kafara, uh, this has to be uh, paid in kind. So when we talk about 750 grams per day, um, and this is where we are talking about, uh, you know, paying uh, in a, sep- a staple food form uh, to the needy and poor. So it's not something you would give in in cash. As far as the Jamaat is concerned, I know uh, we um, look at those funds and. Uh, We try uh, to use that uh, in order to first look at the need locally, whether it is through our food bank or different programs that the community has on this issue of taking care of the uh, needy families. Uh, But if uh, there is an access to that, then we uh, look at the possibility of sending it to other places.
0: Thank you. Can a lady learn the uh, uh, recitation of the Qur'an um, from a male teacher? Because sometimes it's difficult to find good uh, Qaris of the Qur'an amongst the ladies. Uh, Is it okay uh, for a lady to learn from a male Qari? Uh, Ayatollah Sistani's website does not say anything about this. So can I assume that it's okay? Well, uh,
1: learning the recitation of the Qur'an can take different forms. You are talking about just simple learning of how to recite the Quran in a tarteel form, in a simple form, Bismillahir Rahim. you know. Um, so to have a male teacher provided hijab is maintained, distance is maintained in this interaction, um, would be okay. I wouldn't say that is preferable, uh, but that would be okay. But if you want to learn how to recite the Quran uh, in a very melodious way, the way the qari is recite, uh, that is problematic if it is done by a lady learning it from a male teacher. Uh, thank you, uh,
0: Malana. Uh, I am a cancer patient. I get headaches and bouts of dizziness, but I feel like fasting because I feel guilty not fasting. Um, would I have to pay kafara if I don't fast?
1: The way um, this individual is describing uh, the situation, I don't think this person would be, uh, has, has a obligation to fast. He or she would be exempted. And if it is an ongoing situation, um, then there is no uh, qadha. Uh, definitely, there is no kafara. The most I would say is that uh, if it's a long term illness, uh, there should just be fidya, which is uh, 22 and a half kilo of rice or flour uh, for for the whole month. And there is no need to feel guilty in, in any way. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the passage. Of the ayat of Quran in Surah Baqarah, where fasting ends by saying that Allah looks for Yusuf for you. He wants things to be easy for you and not difficult. For you. Uh,
0: thank you, uh, Malana. You talked earlier about or uh, uh, recommended the recitation of Naafil prayers. Um, can you? There are two questions that have come in with regards to a breakdown of the 51 rak'ah. Uh, Of noahful prayers, can you uh, speak a little bit about the noahful prayers, please?
1: Okay, basically, you're looking at uh, if you look at the numbers, it's uh, two rakat related to fajr. Then there is uh, four rakat, uh, eight rakat. Now all these number of rakat, which means you recite it. Uh, two rakat each, so when we say eight rakat, it means four namaz, two rakat each. So you have two rakat for fajr, eight for um, Zohar eight for asr. zohar and asr is the one where you do it before the namaz, wajib namaz. Then you have, um, for um, uh, maghrib, you have uh, two rakat, uh, nafila, and then you can also do gufayla, in place of other two and then similarly after uh, isha you have two rakat uh, but in a sitting form uh, and then you add that to uh, the namaz uh, um, and that's where you get about uh, 11 rakat you know two two rakat and then one rakat uh, which is known as uh, uh And so this is where you get the number 51. uh, uh, Including the wajib namaz, you get 51 rakat per day.
0: Thank you, uh, Marana. Um, What are the best surahs from the Quran to recite in this month?
1: That's a tough question because it is the month of Ramadan, uh, which is the month of Quran. Um, I think... To go with the tradition of trying to read the entire Qur'an from beginning to the end is a really good one. At least you are able to go through the Qur'an at least once. Um, Special recommendation for the month of Ramadan, I can't recall. Of course, we have, you know, uh, Surah Yasin, which is known as the Qalb Al-Qur'an, Surah Rahman, which is known as Ulus Al-Qur'an. You know, so the first one is the heart of the Qur'an or the soul of the Qur'an. The other one is known as the bride of the Qur'an. You know, so all these surahs are important ones. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I don't uh, recall any special preference for a surah during the month of <coughs> Um Thank you. Uh, um-
0: is it allowed for us to eat in public uh, if we are excused from fasting?
1: There are two uh, you know, sides to it. Um, technical point of view, there's not no problem, you know, if you don't if you have the excuse you, you can eat, but you have to maintain the respect of the month of Ramadan if you even if you are exempted from fasting. And that's where the akhlaqi, the the moral dimension comes in, that you should refrain from eating and drinking publicly, even though you have the excuse for that. There there is a case of a companion of Amir al-Mu'mineen. He was a poet by the name of Najashi in Iraq at that time, when Imam was in Kufa. And one day, you know, he was a very talented poet also, very supportive of Amir Al-Mu'minin somehow, you know, he got uh, one of the soldiers of the army of Shaitan you know, misguided him he was fasting and it was Ramadan and he ended up, you know, going with that fellow eating when it was haram and also drinking uh, intoxicants and then he was caught uh, publicly uh, in a drunk situation. So, Amir al-Mu'minin, you know, his officers put him in jail until he sobered up, and then next day, uh, Amir al-Mu'minin implemented the, the punishment. Uh, but then he added a number of lashes to that. And when this Najashi person turned around and said, I accept the first one, first series, but what was this extra one? It says that was for violating the hurmat of the month of Ramadan. You did something haram, which has its own punishment, but you do you did it in the month of Ramadan during the daytime where you violated the sanctity of the month of Ramadan. So let us keep this in mind that you know a person might have an excuse to eat and drink in Ramadan, but respect the sanctity of
0: that holy month. <coughs> <coughs> Thank you. Uh, Molana, are we allowed to watch and read uh, fictional shows and movies in order to pass time while fasting?
1: It's not the best of things to do, but as long as the content is not haram,
0: there's no prohibition to it. Uh, Molana, I may have intentionally broken a couple of fasts for reasons that were not really valid when I was younger. Um, I know of two instances like this, but I don't uh, have any idea how many years have gone by or how many others perhaps I may have broken like that. Uh, What do I have to do to make this up?
1: There are two ways of making up the fast which was uh, not done or broken without a justified reason. One is to do qadha, which is kind of a challenging thing because for one day that you missed in that way, uh, you have to fast for 60 days. And 30 days of that should be uh, continuous. <clears throat> and so that's for just one day. And so it's really going to be very difficult. The other alternative of that would be to pay the kafara. Uh, That also... Uh, will hit you in your your wallet. It's 45 kilo of rice or flour per day. So you have to calculate how many days you have in that list. And then you have to pay 45 kilo rice or flour per day uh, to the poor and the needy.
0: Um, Thank you. Even
1: if you don't have the ability to to pay that right, you know, in one go, you can do this gradually. Uh,
0: Thank you, Murana. Another personal question for you. Uh, uh, Murana, what stories can you share of the month of Ramadan about your respected father? May Allah bless him.
1: i actually left my home when i was just 15 years old Uh, so um, and after that i don't uh, recall having spent the month of ramadan with him um even when i was in india for uh two ramadan before i came to canada uh he had traveled once to uh, UK and wants to New York for Ramadan. Uh So, inshallah, next time if I think of something, I'll, I'll share that.
0: Thank you, uh, Marana. Um, can you use alcohol-free mouthwash?
1: <clears throat> yes, that would not harm the fasting. Just make sure you do not swallow anything.
0: Marana, if I don't know how many fasts I have missed, uh, what do
1: I do? There is no standard, you know, uh, measure by saying that if you do the qaza so many fast, then your obligation is over. I think you will have to think about your own situation and come up with a approximate number that you yourself would be satisfied with. And then either you do it uh, or you know (coughs) make sure you write it down in your will and that and make some arrangement for it to be done by others on your behalf because there's a concept where people you know do have namaz ijara and even fasting uh, they are hired to do that on behalf of marhumin so this cannot be done in lifetime, you will have to put that in your
0: will. Uh, if I have uh, so the lady asking the question if I have kada fasts missed due to uh, my period uh, and those fasts have not been made up yet, do I have to fast plus pay fidya or fast plus pay kafara?
1: You will have to, there, there's no kafara there, that is only you had to do qada, but if you were not able to do it within one year, then at least one fidya would apply there. So there's no kafara in that situation at all.
0: Thank you. I am um, a Canadian uh, and I work in the US and I visit my family in Canada every weekend. Uh, what is the ruling for me for fasting? Um, Also, what if I travel from my U.S. residence to another state to visit my ailing mother? Uh, If you can talk a little bit about uh, fasting for one who travels uh, as frequently as uh, this brother or sister does.
1: Uh, Well, there are some, you know, uh, elaborate rulings on this issue. What I would suggest is uh, I have a write-up on this known as fasting in Ramadan, simplified guidelines. If you just, you know, Google fasting ramadan Rizwi or Koma Rizvi, you will be able to get that book, uh, download it. And uh, we have talked about it uh, in uh, page number 10. But basically, a simple answer there would be uh, if you are traveling in the month of Ramadan and going from your own hometown to some other place, which is not your hometown. Uh, You know, a person can have one or more hometowns. So if you're going from one point to another, there might be a possibility of fasting. But if you're going to some other town where you don't, you know, it might be your parents' home or your relatives, uh, but that's not considered to be your home or your watan. then if you travel, Um, on that particular day before Zohar time, then your fast would be uh, invalid. So you have to travel after Zohar time. Similarly, the day you are coming back to your town, you should reach there before Zohar time in order to, uh, you know, save that day of fasting. Uh, So if, let's say, somebody... uh, <clears throat> lives in, no, oh, lives and works in Buffalo, wants they, uh, to come and visit um, their parents or relatives in Toronto. If they travel after Zohar one day, let's say on Saturday after Zohar, that day their fast would be okay. Next day, if they leave Toronto and reach to Buffalo before Zohar time, uh, Buffalo city boundary, then that next day's fast also would be valid. But it's, let's say, they left Buffalo on Friday after Zohor, reached Toronto, so Friday's fasting would be okay. Then they stayed on Saturday entire day. On that day, they cannot fast because so they are traveling. Then on Sunday they go back to Buffalo and reach there before Zohor. Their fasting of that Sunday would be fine.
0: Uh, Thank you, Mara. Two uh, questions uh, somewhat uh, uh, related. Uh, Is a simple nasal spray, uh, like normal saline, uh, which is not prescription, uh, allowed to be used while fasting? Uh, Also, what about steam, especially during this COVID 19? um era uh in if you have initial symptoms or nasal congestion uh can i use steam and then another question uh you know does smelling food break your fast maybe if you can just talk about this uh inhaling uh okay. steam or or in the aroma of food uh whether that breaks your fast or not N-
1: nasal uh drops or Nasal spray or even eye drops—they uh, are okay. They don't break the fast. So um, looking at even steam should be okay um, in that way, as far as nasal doesn't go through the mouth. Um, another thing would be uh, smelling the food. No, there's no problem. You know uh for ladies for example or of course even men these days who are cooking preparing iftar if they want to you know just see whether the salt and other masala are you know proper or not uh, just to test it on their tongue it doesn't break their fast or even to take a let's say they are cooking meat want to see whether it is already soft enough or not so they chew on it just to see it's ready Cooked properly or not, uh, that would not uh, break the fast. It, they just need to make sure nothing goes, uh, you know, in the throat. <clears> throat> uh,
0: Malana, what about eye drops while fasting?
1: Eye drops is okay. nasal and eye drops wouldn't harm the fast.
0: Uh, Marana, why is there a difference between the start of the month uh, of Ramadan uh, amongst uh, various Maraja in terms of a difference of opinion about how the moon is sighted?
1: So the, uh, again, I would refer to this seminar which I had done in August of 2013. As I said, it's available on the main page of the islamicenter.org um There, I talked about it. See, the issue is that there is no dispute. Everybody agrees that sighting of the crescent is the beginning of the month. How does that happen?s um, It is only in the last 30 years that we see that Muslim scientists Shia and Sunni alike have now been able to use astronomical data to Give us an idea, you know, how long um, would it take from the birth of the moon? How, how long should it age before it is sightable by naked eyes? Um, and uh, even the points where the birth will take place on the globe. Um, so it's every, di- every month is a different scenario. And they also have come up with this issue where the um, possibility of sighting the crescent—it's not doesn't go in a in a straight line on the on the map on the globe. It actually takes an oval shape. Gradually, the visibility uh, possibility—you know—gradually expands. Uh, so the more you go towards the west. Um, the, the the range, uh, you know, would expand more. And so this is where we see that the ruling is there, that the beginning of the month will be with the sighting of the moon. It's only now that we are get, getting some science, scientific help on this issue, uh, where it's possible, where it's not possible, where will it be sighted, where it will not be sighted. And so, for example, people like Ayatollah Hoi, that time, this information was, didn't exist. So he he had, you know, um, a different perspective about it, and he believed that once it is sited in one location, it is good enough for every point to the west of it and to the east of it as long as they share the nine. Uh, Even maybe five minutes, that would be be covering it. So almost the whole world would be covered by that. But that understanding now is not sustainable by... The scientific data that we have about it. So people like Artula Sistani uh, has moved away from his teacher's uh, perspective. So it's more about how you apply the Islamic ruling according to the modern knowledge that you have about uh, identifying the areas, the time, and the location. So some of the marajas are still going with the old view like uh, of Ayatollah Khomeini, uh, but um, some who are familiar with the scientific perspective on this issue have mo- moved on to a uh, different perspective.
0: Thank you, Moana. So it's, uh, it's almost it's almost 10:30, um, and so uh, I want to try to wrap up uh, this evening's program. Uh, we'll just try to tackle a few more questions and. Um, Uh, If you have any questions that have yet to be answered, and I see that there's still quite a number that uh, we've not been able to tackle, but uh, in the interest of time, I don't think we'll be able to tackle all of them. Uh, Please uh, feel free to reach out to Molana Sahib. Uh, His email address is available on the Jamaat website if you uh, have any pressing questions that we've not been able to to address this evening. Uh, But we will try to get a few more questions answered. Uh, Molana, is it okay to give blood or get a blood test uh, while one is fasting and also is it okay to get injections like a b12 shot uh, while one is fasting
1: uh in- injection is not a problem um in the state of fasting even going for a blood test while you're fasting there's no problem uh so um, as far as the blood test is issue or even injection would be fine
0: uh thank you mana um can i pray uh half uh of uh, qaza namaz instead of nafla so pray 4 rakats of dhuhr nafla and then 4 rakats of qada salat after dhuhr
1: actually i have uh, talked about it in one of the uh, majalis uh, i think this was on the uh, related to the medalis of the 11th Imam, I think a few years ago. Well, actually, this is what the suggestion I had, that you use the uh, nafila uh, time that you have as, as an opportunity to do the uh, qaza salat. So, even if you're doing, let's say, you know, eight rakat of zuhur, you know, instead of doing it as a sunnah two-two rakat, you can do it um, you know, for rakat, for Qaza of Zor, for Asr. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing that you are doing this, instead of nafila, uh, nafila, you're doing it as Allah, there is nothing which prevents Allah to reward you for that. Even for Namaz e shab you can do the same thing. Uh,
0: thank you. Well, I, I have uh, three questions somewhat related about uh, how old... Um, at what age does one have to stop fasting? Uh, there's one uh, individual who says, my mother is 90, 97 years old, mashallah, and insists on fasting. As her kids, we can see that she gets very weak, uh, but she's able to do it. She does not have any qada in her life. Is she exempt from fasting? And then there are two other sort of related questions saying, is there, is there a certain age in your life when you have to stop fasting? Um, Does one stop fasting when one is over 70 years of age? So sort of three questions related to age and fasting. Um,
1: There is no age as far as stopping of uh, fasting. Uh, It all depends on the individual. If a person, uh, because of old age, whether it's 70 or 80 or 90... If they don't, cannot physically fast at all, then there is no qaza, no fidyah, no kafara for them. Some might be in, in a situation in, in between. Because of the old age, they might be able to fast, but fast with difficulty. They're, they have the option if they want to do that with difficulty. If they are not, Seriously harming themselves, that is fine. But even there, they have it means old age where you can fast with difficulty. You still have the option of not fasting and just paying fidia instead of that. But there is no fixed age. I think every person's in you know case it would be different from the other. So this lady who is already you know uh, 97, you mentioned she's able to fast, and you know, there's no serious uh, implications of that. MashaAllah, may Allah, you know, reward her. Thank you.
0: Uh, Munar, do you have to pay fidya before uh, or after Ramadan if you're unsure of how many fasts you can actually keep? Um, so should you wait until the end of the month and then give your fidya based on the number of fasts you missed? Or can you just give it uh, at the beginning of the month?
1: You have the option, you can do it before, even though you might be fasting certain certain days. So that will be considered a charity. Uh, But if you want to be very tactical, yes. Then you wait till the end of Ramadan and see how many days you were not able to fast and give the fidya at the time. Uh,
0: Thank you. Uh, Marana, can we recite Quran uh, on a mobile, uh, on your phone, without wudu? Uh, and maybe I can add to that question. I guess uh, when we do our amal on the nights of Qadr, uh, we have sometimes a Quran app on our phone. Uh, can we use the uh, Quran, the, the phone, uh, instead of actually the mushaf um, for the amal of Layal Qadr?
1: When it comes to reciting the Quran from the mobile phone, the Quran, you know, software or the apps that you have, there is no problem. Um, but remember, it is your mobile phone; it is not Quran. So even the rules of taharat, for example, you uh, you might have the writing of the Quran, but you are not touching it. What you are t- touching is the screen, not actual uh, writings, which is underneath it. Uh, and so the issue of you know wudu uh, condition wouldn't apply. And since it is not Quran, it is your mobile phone. That would not be a substitute for put it on the head, in the amal for
0: Shabbat. No. You need the Qur'an. The Qur'an, Sayyidina. Yes. Um, uh, uh, I've heard that namaz qazai Umri uh, can be recited on the last Friday of Ramadan and then and that this can cover a lifetime of Qadha Salat. Is this true?
1: There is no basis for it. There is no Hadith. It is attributed wrongfully to Amir al-Mu'minin. There is nothing like that. If there was such a shortcut, that you do that one namaz on the last Friday Your namaz you missed for 70 years would be forgotten Everybody would know that in you know, There is no, uh, you know, shortcut for Qaza prayers no. uh,
0: Thank you, Saidna. Um you, you talked a little bit earlier about the importance of understanding the Quran um, and uh, reading a translation uh, is there a recommendation you have on an English tafsir of the Holy Qur'an uh, that we can read uh, or listen to?
1: Well, I think, you know, there. Are, it depends on which kind of tafsir you want to read. Uh, I think the most common one would be, um, uh, there is a series which uh, actually is known as the uh, light of the Holy Qur'an, I think, um, and that is, uh, or uh, this series, which is very much similar to the uh, Tafsir Namuna. Um It's uh, blue bounded everywhere. Uh, so that would be something very, uh, it, it can be read by anyone. It is a uh, basically public, uh, it, it, it is for the lay audience. If you want to go into very technical you know. in depth, you go to the translation of Al-Mizan, which is uh, not complete, unfortunately.
0: Thank you, Molana. Uh, so this will be the, the final question. Uh, and again, it's, uh, Molana, a personal question for you. Uh, Molana, what will your daily Ramadan routine look like uh, in terms of how will you start your day from the early morning uh, in terms of your prayers and du'as leading up to iftar? Well,
1: I... Um, Probably would be uh, using the the time more on the issue of uh, because instead of just reading the Quran, I would be rather working on the Quran, which is also what I'm reading there, and uh, finalizing this translation that I'm doing. Uh, so that would be the main focus of my activities, other than when I have to do, you know, other assignments as far as you know. Uh, the lectures, or when it comes to responding to people's uh, questions online or through uh, emails, um, but of course after iftar, uh, we will tune in with the with the program to at least uh, you know be there for uh, recitation of du'a iftarah. It is a it is a very Powerful dua for the month of Ramadan and this is something we should uh, cherish and look at the uh, translation, especially.
0: Uh, thank you, uh, Mulana sahib uh, As I mentioned earlier, um, you know we still have a number of questions, unfortunately, that we have uh, not been able to get to. Uh, I've, uh, I know there have been some uh, duplicate questions that uh, Mulana has already answered in some of his earlier answers. Uh, I do apologize if we were not able to get uh, to your question. Uh, it is already 10.35, almost 10.40 p.m. We've been uh, with Sayyid now for uh, uh, almost an hour and a half. Um, and, uh, and therefore, as I said earlier, if we have not been able to answer any of your pressing questions, uh, Molana Sahib's email address uh, is available on the Jawad website, uh, www.jafri.org. Uh, please do visit the site and uh, reach out to Mulana Sahib if you have any questions that we have not been able to uh, to get to this evening. Uh, so, Mu'mineen, I thank you once again for your participation. I'm sure uh, we all found the session with Sayyid to be extremely informative. Uh, please do remember us in your du'as during these blessed days and continue to remain safe. Um, and before we leave, I uh, just wanted to announce, uh, uh, may, some of you may or may not have heard, but a, an illustrious scholar, uh, Ayatollah Ibrahim Amini, uh, passed away in, in Qum today. Uh, and so, can I request a Surah Fatiha uh, for Ayatullah Ibrahim Amini, who is an author of numerous uh, books, many of which have been translated into English, uh, and a Surah Fatiha for him as well as all Al Marhameen. And with that, inshallah, we shall sign off. Al Fatiha.